Episode 102 marks the second anniversary of Aliens Explored, which we think is just cause for celebration. Stu and I will be looking back over the last year, recapping the strange phenomena we have covered, firing up some forgotten arguments and reopening old wounds. This episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Dean Andwani, who, by signing up to our Patreon, has played no small part in enabling us to keep this podcast going strong for so long. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and find the tier that's right for you. We think we have something for everyone. Thanks again to Dean Andwani and all our patrons out there. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome, listeners, to this, our very, very special two-year anniversary episode of Aliens Explored. I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. How are you doing, Neil? Exciting times. Two years. Two years, I know. Was it this hot last year? I don't remember. Was I can't remember. Sat um, here with the window open, listening to jets flying over. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're listening to me. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, convincing uh, arguments. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, but I'm also I'm also on the approach to Heathrow, so uh... <laughs> fantastic. Or from yeah, Heathrow, yeah. that's where they're noisy, isn't it, when they're taking off? And in fact, when this episode um, goes public, uh, hmm. you'll be you'll be on the approach to Heathrow. You'll be on a final countdown, only a few days away from jetting away, won't you? Um, yeah, but not Heathrow. Oh, you're I not mean, going from Heathrow. That, that, okay. that, that's, that's a little detail. No, we're going from. Um, Stansted, I think. Okay, okay. Which is uh, also classed as a London airport. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I liked my little segue anyway. Yeah, it's a good, good little segue. Yeah, but I'll be on a, I'll be on a completely different uh, um, flight path. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to Mallorca. How long are you going for? Um, twelve days. Twelve days. Okay, that's an unusual. Because normally, like you say, I want to go for a fortnight yeah. or three weeks. Yeah, I know. It was, it was some sort of deal. It was much, much more expensive to go for 14 or 15 days. So That includes the travel days as well. So that's what right, so okay. yeah. It's only actually 10 days or 11 nights at the uh, at the place. Nice. The result. Nice. But You're looking forward to it. I am, yeah. And it's it's nice for the missus as well because she does a... 
she does a full-time job. She works very hard and uh, deserves a holiday. Absolutely. Absolutely. I now I now work a full time job, so uh You do. I deserve a holiday too. And isn't arguing with me feel like a full time job? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> half, half hour you I feel like it's I've done a full day's work. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep you on your toes. And yeah. I'm, uh, well I I hope you enjoy your holiday and uh, I'm thank you. I'm, uh, at time of recording, so when this comes out, this will have already happened. But I'm uh, I'm going away myself just for a weekend this weekend. Mm, um, where are you going? I'm going into the depths of Wiltshire, uh, crop circle hunting with a couple of, of friends who are interested in the whole crop circle thing. So what mm. I'm, I'm actually going to get them to do is um, maybe take some video footage of me running around with me dowsing rods and me. Geiger counter and EMF reader and and, and your compass you. to measure measure the angle of the of the bend. Uh, compass to a measure for um, magnetic uh, unusualness. No, I'm, I mean the other kind of That's compass. Like having a having a classroom to measure oh, angles. Oh right, <laughs> like a square <laughs> yeah. compass type thing. Yes. No, I don't have one of those. I'm afraid. Well, you can get them in a basic school set for about one pound fifty, can't you? Oh, you yeah. absolutely can. You absolutely. Yeah. But usually, with the crop circles, um, there are people way, way more professional and expert than me that do very detailed diagrams of them, and they analyze the angles and okay. all the maths of it. Um, but no, you'll I'm be there with your you'll be there with your Geiger counter, and I'll be there with a Geiger counter and an EMF reader. Yes. EMF. Do you also, I mean, for reference, do you also look at what the readings are outside the crop circle? Oh, of course. To compare them. And, and are they different? Sometimes. Hmm. Not always, but sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, yeah, in, immediately outside the crop circle, it could, you, you could get some radiation bleed out, couldn't you? But I mean, you know, half a mile away. Oh, you'd be yeah. surprised, though. Um, now you can just get, as soon as you cross the threshold into the circle itself, you can get a quite a significant difference. Mm. But not always. Inconsistency is one of the consistencies of crop circles. Do you ever feel like you're messing with stuff you don't understand and you could um, burn? Yes, <laughs> but I feel that generally in life anyway because life is something i don't feel i understand particularly well so everything yeah. i do but everything it, it, i do mate it's stuff yeah, I yeah everything but i mean but i'm particularly i think about things like you know, when we when we dabble with the occult when we when we summon up a demon or something that isn't it a similar kind of thing when you go into a crop circle and measure it you're you're looking at you know you're well, gazing into the abyss um, is it a similar thing when I summon up a demon to when I visit a crop circle? Well, one of those two things I've done. So mm. having having not actually summoned a demon that I'm okay. aware of at least, I can't really compare. All right, but when you when you put a satanic curse on someone and you write it in blood and everything and yeah. Again, that's outside the sphere of my experience. Oh, really? Oh, it is. It is. Not, not even at school. Didn't you can't. You can't blame me for your headaches, mate. <laughs> <laughs> for my recent bout of <coughs> oh, <coughs> your COVID. Yes, yeah. yes. Are you feeling better from that now? Um, yeah, still got a bit of a cough. Uh, that tends to last a while. Mm. Um, but um, I can. I can function. I can do my. 
my job such as it such as it is mm. Mm. Well, i'm glad you, you you're feeling somewhat better um but yeah you. the whole crop circle thing so the plan is to take video of it and uh, and that might be something i'll share with the aliens explored community I'm sure they're interested. I would, yeah, maybe. Well, 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 what are you doing here if you're not interested in that? Well, <laughs> you know, it's pretty basic. <laughs> Why not, listeners, write in and let me know if that's something you'd be interested in seeing. There you go. Uh, we'll give the, we well, all the details for contacting us is in the description below, and we'll give the details hmm. out again at the end. Um, but... That's not what we're here for today, because like we said, this is a very, very special episode, our two-year mm. anniversary. Did you ever think we'd get to two years, Neil? Um, no, no, I didn't. No, not when we started anyway. Uh, if no, anyone was... got to one year, I thought, yeah, that's probably about it. Really. <laughs> did, you, did you actually <laughs> We've think... done this to death. So I feel a little surprised to be getting here, but then... I don't ever recall thinking, oh, it'll probably only be so many. Hmm. You didn't think, oh, well, you know, yes, we can talk about this and we can talk about that and we can talk about that. That would last up till the end of the month and then we're done. You You didn't think that kind of. Yeah, I never never had an end point in mind, personally. Hmm. Just, yeah, kind of see how Hmm. it goes. But no, two two years is a, it's a big achievement. Um, And, it's all thanks to our listeners who've kept us going. Thanks, listeners. Absolutely. In particular, particular thanks to our patrons, uh, mm. patrons uh, who are helping us enormously. And more details about that at the end of the show as well. Um, but yes, we are here to talk about the last year and where we've come since in in Mm. the last 12 months so a year ago almost to the day um certainly 52 weeks ago Mm. uh, at the time of going live we did a uh we did a live stream to celebrate our one year anniversary uh did we not that was that was very exciting and a lot of fun yeah yeah it was um, any particular uh, memories from that? Um, oh my god, it, it's shrouded in the mists of time. I think, <laughs> that, that, yeah. Um, well, we what, did what, what do you remember from it? Well, we I remember we did basically what we're doing here today, which is looking back over the first year. Um, mm. but uh, but my particular, my my particular takeaway was the competition that we ran for it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for a T-shirt. For a T-shirt, um, an Aliens Explored exclusive T-shirt. And we had mm. some amazing suggestions. Um, Axel and Greg and mm. Gus the Grey and Roswell, based on Boswell from Alias the Jester. Mm. Um, somebody who knows me very well suggested Picard, of course. <laughs> um, but we ended up with uh, two winners, mm. didn't we? We did. Uh, we each had our own personal favourites, and uh, I really liked Grace's suggestion of Dribble Teevingston, or Dribble for short. Uh, so mm. Grace got a T-shirt 
for that. Uh, I think your favourite was a suggestion by Tom, wasn't it? It was. It was Tom um, who suggested Graham, um, named after his cat. After Graham the cat, and indeed we had some uh, we had some amazing photos of them wearing their t-shirts, and a lovely one of Tom uh, where <laughs> holding Graham as well. Hmm. Uh, so yeah congratulations there no competition this year because uh, we're doing other things instead but no that was that was a lot of fun and that was our first aliens explored live stream as well mm. and you've recovered from that now haven't you now uh, I've, I've just about recovered from that yeah. <laughs> it's probably worth mentioning uh as well that as this episode goes public, and so this is not on early access, our early some of our patrons get early access to our episodes. They get them a week in advance. But on the date that this goes public, which is the 28th of July, in three days' time, I'll be doing um, an Aliens Explored live stream myself, an AMA. Ask hey. me anything. Anything hmm. related to Aliens Explored, that is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and the details for that will also be mm. in the description below so i'm hoping uh our listeners will join in for that but uh yeah you'll be away jetting that day sadly. i will um you can always post me some questions in advance though if you like oh i'm sure i can come up with a few <laughs> keep them clean <laughs> well yeah all right <laughs> You just you just raised the bar a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the week after we uh, had our live stream, uh, we went on and we talked about um, Project Blue Book, probably one of the most famous um, mm. studies of UFOs by the Air Force. Um, one that keeps coming up, doesn't it? Um, it? It does, but of course it's so seminal. Uh, so seminal. Um, well, like, yeah. like if, you, if you've never heard of Project Blue Book, you're not a ufologist. Ufologist. Um, uh, I should learn to say that word right, shouldn't I? I do you know what? The trouble with statements like that is always, and I know that it's not your intention at all, hmm. but it always sounds a little bit like gatekeeping to me. <laughs> you know, like, oh, what? if you don't, if you don't know about such and such, then you're not a such and such. Mm. No, I never, I never like that you get it in the mm. star trek community a lot oh if you haven't watched like the animated series you're not a real star trek fan you know it's mm. like no that's that's bollocks basically mm. <laughs> I, I suppose there is that but uh you know our listeners have a, have a real interest in in ufos and a, a very large aspect of of ufology is the response of the u.s air force or the u.s army air force oh um, definitely to, and and the and their yeah, the implications for for air defence of these these phenomena. Maybe we've got listeners who are listening to us to learn about these things. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're um, educating. Maybe the US Air Force are listening and see if they've missed a trick. Could be. <laughs> maybe the Russians are listening and see if there's anything they can <laughs> they can use. Anything we we might reveal? Any inside information? Yeah, good luck on that one. Um, mm. And uh, then uh, the week after, so episode 57 was all about the Pascagoula abduction uh, coming from the year I was born in 1973 mm. uh, with Charles Higson and Calvin Parker. 
Um, that was an interesting, an interesting episode. I felt. Yeah. So there was a couple of guys going fishing. That's right. Got taken aboard and uh, examined. Yes. Taken aboard a UFO. Yes, indeed. Episode 58. Now, this one stands out in my mind uh, because it's one that I get quite passionate and quite excited <laughs> about was the Nuremberg UFO Battle Woodcut. Of, uh, of 1561. Yes. yes. Now, this is the one where you've got basically cigar-shaped UFOs. You've got crosses and all sorts of weird and wonderful UFOs being shown having a battle above the town of Nuremberg mm. uh, in this woodcut. Proper eyewitness yeah. stuff. Yeah, how how reliable do you think that, that eyewitness was? I mean, there, there, was a, there was a tendency back in the 16th century to, to be a bit fanciful, wasn't there, about uh, this and... and um, and depict biblical prophecies being foretold in, in in quite mundane events. I I agree there was. However, this was um, allegedly describing an actual battle that took place. And whilst it might be, yeah, open to interpretation, I don't believe the actual sun had a face in it. Um, so, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. it's like artistic interpretation. But so many things depicted relate to modern day UFOs. There was like the the a black triangular UFO, for example, mm. as well as a cigar show and all these kind of things. Um and it just for me it's it's proof that this is not a new phenomenon. This is not a modern day occurrence UFOs. Mm. This is this is almost evidence of this phenomenon, whatever it might be, has been happening for a long time. Do you know what this reminds me of? Have you ever heard of the Phantom Army of Mons? No. In in the First World War, in 1914, one of the early battles as um, the the British Expeditionary Force scrambled to to Belgium to try and stem the the German advance, and they managed to hold them off at a place called Mons. And there was a Welsh journalist there who made up this story about how knights from the 11th century or whatever this ghostly this phantom army of knights had risen up and and uh, charged towards the german armies and the germans fled in terror at this at this ghostly army riding towards them and um this guy completely just made this up mm-hmm. it, it was completely fanciful but um Later on, he would have people coming out to him and saying, "Oh yes, my, my son was there at Mons, and yes, he saw the ghostly army, yeah, just like just like you said." <laughs> my mum made it up. Yeah. Okay, people um, want to believe, don't they? Especially during war hysteria, when and I guess mm. you know, what was um, this aerial battle of extraterrestrial origin accompanied by um, a terrestrial battle around Nuremberg? What's going on in Nuremberg? Where 1561, of. I don't know what was... Nothing I'm aware of. Um, but that's an interesting an interesting point, um, hmm. an interesting theory. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. I like that. I like that example, though. The uh, yes, the hmm. phantoms of was it the phantom soldiers of Mons? Uh, I, I I forgot what they called them, but it, is, it, it was something like yeah, the phantom army of Mons or phantom soldiers. But yeah, basically these the phantom knights, you know, these knights in armor, suddenly appeared out of the, 
and and chase the Germans away. I like Phantom Nights. Um, I thought their their second album in particular was really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only thinking of the Baron Nights. Oh gosh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Not nearly as funny as they thought they were. I've still got a load of Baron Nights records. But Have anyway, you? That's all, yeah, on vinyl. That's all. <laughs> Did, yeah, they, 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 used to, they used to play um, on the army bases, and this was in the 1980s, and I was in Cyprus. Uh, um when, when we just had guys arrested for espionage and despite having been told not to by the CO, the Baron Knights opened with, listen, do you want to know a secret? <laughs> do you promise not to tell? Whoa, 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 closer. Let me whisper right. in your let's, ear. Uh, let's stop <laughs> there before we uh, get into copyright issues. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so moving, moving on then to episode fifty nine, mm. um, and uh, yeah, this was a bit more of a serious episode. The Cash Landrum mm. incident, mm. Um, named which... after the, the the Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum, yes, who were um, who had this close encounter, yeah, which, which um... left them with radiation um, burns. Mm. Um, but the the particular issue with this case uh, was the uh, black helicopters that turned up and surrounded the UFO. Yeah. Yeah, the black helicopters. The black um, helicopters. The black helicopters of um, one world government QAnon conspiracy theories. Who the UN knows? are taking over the, the <laughs> secret government behind our government. You know, all that stuff yeah you're getting into serious uh, i would like to know um betty cash and Vitty, vicky landrum's uh, political leanings i mean this was back in december 1980 so just yeah just after ronald reagan was elected he was still president elect at that time but uh you know uh, well multiple witnesses neil multiple witnesses and of course evidence mm. of uh of the ufo in the radiation burns themselves so, um, but isn't a suntan, a sunburn, also a radiation burn? And they just maybe you know you can you can easily get a radiation burn somewhere like Texas. It's a form, even, of, even in December. Yeah, it's it's a form of radiation burn, certainly. Mm. Um, moving on then to episode sixty. Now here's one I I expect you um, remember enjoying <laughs> let me let me find the page new episodes episode 60 well we were talking about man made ufos oh man made ufos in, yeah in episode 60 mm. uh, and indeed yeah they have you know in just the same way we talk about crop circles and there are man made crop circles there are mm. man made ufos um, many many hoaxes over the years Hoaxes and um, experimental aircraft, and we've, yeah. we've, we've 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 covered that, haven't we? We have indeed. Um, but that was an interesting one to discuss. Um, oh, and then in episode sixty-one, um, one of my favourite subjects, Project Serpo. Oh right, yeah. Of course, uh, what uh, what Close Encounters of the Third Kind? The movie was based on. On this exchange program, the exchange program, yes, 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 between uh, they arranged an exchange program with extraterrestrials from the planet Serpo. 
That's real. Um, that's real. Um, outer it's real. limits. Image. Outer limits. Let's leave it there. It's, it's outer real. limits kind of stuff. <laughs> was it? Was it an episode of the Outer Limits, nineteen sixty-five? That would have been about about then, wouldn't it? <laughs> Could well be. And then uh, we came back to Earth a bit more with episode 62 when we talked about something a little bit more obscure for uh, mm. for Aliens Explored. The Coral Cat... I oh, can't even say it properly. The... Oh, God. <laughs> Talking <laughs> is my job. The mm. Coral Castle in Miami. Coral Castle. The yeah. Coral Castle. That's Which a good this, one for uh, you. This guy... Vocal exercises. <laughs> Edward Leeds Kalnin started building a huge rock garden in Florida following a romantic disappointment. <laughs> yeah. it, it always reminds me of this thing. I saw this, um, there, there was this, there was this, I think it was a sort of Saturday morning TV thing. And they, they showed this bloke who built, he built this model boat, but it was, it was an aircraft carrier and it was big enough for him to actually sit in with his head sort of poking out of a little hatch in, in the deck. And, um, of course, one of the, the female presenters, her first question about this was, has he got a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, poor Edward. No, he, mm. um, he, he, he was rather larger than, um, than that. But no, he built mm. this huge um, structure. And it was only a little skinny guy of, of mm. quite ill health himself shifting thousands of tons uh, of fossilized coral um, on mm. his own without anyone else helping him. And it was uh, suggested that, you know, he had some otherworldly technology assisting him. Um, well, he, he worked he worked on this thing for 30-odd years. So I mentioned, you know, a wheelbarrow load of coral would weigh a fair bit, wouldn't it? That, that, no, no, they, 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 were in, they were in big chunks. Do you not remember? Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah. There we go. Well, you know, we, the human ingenuity, and, and you know, we we know how to move big stuff, don't we? We know how to build skyscrapers and things. So, um, I know yeah. I wouldn't like to build a. I want to visit Coral Castle. One day, maybe one day. Maybe he employed the kind of labour that you're not supposed to talk about. The hey, kind of labour that the, the US anyone. government isn't supposed to know about. He didn't employ anyone, but that's what he would say, wouldn't he? Small he community. Employed. Small community, everyone knew. Employing illegals. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Can't call the person illegal. Anyway, Mm. um, episode Mm. 63, this was our our first um, two-parter last year, this this last year. Um, In fact, it's a three-parter, really, Mm. uh, because in the first two parts, we interviewed... uh, Mate of mine, Marcus Churchill, uh, an actor who played Jesse Marcel. In- Lovely chap. I felt I was a bit hard on him, but I didn't mean to be. I had criticism. It said, Roswell, the final verdict. Oh, this is it, is it? This is the last word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm no, not allowed no, to yeah. say, yeah, but no, no, that's it. That's the last word. Um, but yes, you- I, I'm... You weren't hard on Marcus, to be fair. <laughs> you were, I, I, were I hope I wasn't. I, hope I, was, I, was, I, I was hard on his producers. I was hard on um, the set dressers, and I was hard on the, the wardrobe department. <laughs> you were. Um, and, yeah. and rightly so with some of that. I, maybe maybe, uh, maybe I was just trying to distract, divert. You know, I didn't want to argue, face your argument head on. I thought, no, I'm just going to. 
but he is a he is a genuinely lovely chap. Is Marcus, mm. and that was a that was a fascinating. It was so fascinating. We ended up doing a two part interview. Um, mm. We ended up talking to him for so long, um, but mm. then after that episode sixty five, mm-hmm. uh, we watched Roswell: The Final Verdict and gave we our did, yeah. verdicts on it. Yeah, uh, which wasn't very high. <laughs> I wasn't impressed by the program. Um, I think they they wanted to debunk the idea that the Roswell crash was actually a weather balloon, and they created this crash site that looked like a balloon had burst there. (laughs) That's that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, that didn't happen. But uh, no, I, I, I mean, even I like to state things as, you know, Hmm. or, or, or I have the opinion that things actually happened. Um, But in a documentary stating things that are alleged, things that are speculated as fact, I Mm. think is going too far. Um, And that was, that was my opinion on that. No, I wasn't impressed with it. Yeah. yeah, Because as soon as you, you, you state something that someone can take issue with, then everything you've said, um, even the things that have been well-established, suddenly they're all in doubt. Yeah, that that who was it? Who famously said, it, "I'm not sad that you told me a lie. I'm just sad that I can never believe you about anything anymore." Um, I've not heard that before, but that's that's a good quote. Yeah, that's what happens, you know. Um, something that definitely did happen because we know there were hmm. many people uh, who reported on it uh, and witnessed it was our subject of episode 66, the 1952 Washington, D.C. UFO mm. event, uh, when the the White House itself was buzzed by groups of UFOs mm. over several I remember, days. I remember we touched on the fact that despite you know, these allegations that the U.S. government has been working with you know, advanced forms of propulsion systems and whatever, that actually... Um, when when they turned up in Korea, they they had the, the least advanced propulsion systems on their aircraft, and had a nasty shock when they ran into, you know, the, us Brits had jet aircraft. We had the Gloucester Meteor. Um, it, it turned out that um, the communist forces had access to Russian MiG fifteens, um, and the Brit and the Americans were still running around with turboprop planes. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to very quickly rush jets into service. Speaking of so, yes, so, suddenly, suddenly finding that they were being the White House was being buzzed, yeah, it was probably a bit of a worry for them in 1952. Mm. Speaking of rushing, I've just clocked how long we've been recording this episode so far. So let's uh, let's press on. Mm. And speaking of press and Washington, mm. uh, episode 67 was all about the 2001 Washington, D.C. National Press Club event. Mm. Uh, now, this is where Dr. Stephen Greer, who we would come to talk about a lot more during this mm. last year, um, from the Disclosure Project, introduced various witnesses uh, to talk about their UFO experiences. Mm. Uh, that was a hell of an event that... Yeah, people don't talk about enough. I think. No, but uh, the dis- but we've talked about the disclosure project and Dr. Stephen Greer an awful lot. We do, then. we do, mm. and rightly so. Um, episode sixty-eight. Now, I enjoyed this episode immensely at the time, um, mm. where we talked about the leaked Russian ET video, Skinny Bob. Mm. Do you recall? I do recall Skinny Bob and. Uh, um, 
shot by ET shot by the Russian KGB. Except, uh, except we know it was all fake. Yeah, all faked. Very clever fake, but uh, mm. very, very well done. But a good example so, of how easily these things can be well, used to pull a, the wool over our eyes. We did ask, was it all an elaborate and expensive hoax? Well, it was a hoax. It, it was. Very, it might not have been very elaborate or expensive. I don't know. If certainly a um, very, very clever um, one. Mm. And then episode 69, here in the UK, uh, we mm. came back, and uh, not that long ago, oh, it feels not that long ago for me, 1993. <laughs> yeah, just 30 oh, years 20, ago. 29 years ago. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Cosford UK UFO incident when uh, the Royal Air Force Base got buzzed and had light shot at it. Mm. Beams of light. Uh, so, firing a beam of light at the ground isn't isn't a particularly hostile action, is it? Really, I mean, in the in the scheme of things, depends what the beam of light is and what it's doing and what effect it has on hmm. the target, I suppose. Um, and then we went a bit more global with episode seventy, uh, talking hmm. about the mutual UFO network. Mm. Um, now, I, I probably asked you this in the episode, but I, because uh, we've done so many of these, I can't quite remember mm. what your answer. Had you heard of MUFON before? Um, no, I'd heard of SETI, but I hadn't oh, heard that's of a very MUFON. Different thing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, MUFON is um, basically a, a people researching UFO. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a it's a not for profit organization but be- had become mired in controversy i can't remember what the controversy was uh yes it had um uh so yeah some of its um prominent people were allegedly involved in some very dubious things uh, but we won't yeah. um we won't dwell too much on that at the moment that, that's uh, the thing when you get involved in in dubious things you you taint everything you're associated with that is everyone, that is you? a potential uh thing mm. that happens which is uh yeah a shame yeah. um then in episode 71, we went back all the way to 1942 mm. and a UFO battle over Los Angeles. Yeah. Now, we, we, we did say in the early hours of February 25th, 1942, at the height of the war, an object was spotted over the skies of Los Angeles. Of course, for Americans, it would have been right at the start of the war, wouldn't it? That And, and, and well, I, I speculated that what happened was that someone thought they saw something. You basically had loads and loads of very nervous, very trigger-happy, inexperienced raw recruits manning the anti-aircraft guns who perhaps weren't weren't quite aware of how far away Pearl Harbor actually was and were expecting um, a Japanese attack. In fact, there, there had been a Japanese attack, hadn't there, on the mainland? I believe there had, yes. A Japanese had sur- submarine had surfaced and fired its its um, deck gun at, at a target, not, not doing much damage. But um, shortly afterwards, yeah, suddenly all these all these um, anti aircraft guns started blazing away. And of course, anti aircraft shells in those days, and probably even these days, don't always go off when they're supposed to, and so they fall back to earth. And um, 
create the the impression that you're being bombed because actually you are, but only by your own air defences. Mm. Well, nevertheless, it was an entire hour's barrage. Oh yeah, against this uh, this object that was seen. Mm. Uh, so yeah, lots of speculation about that one. Mm. Um, then on episode seventy two. Uh, we looked at a region, right, which is a little bit unusual for us, mm. uh, a region, uh, l- apologies for my pronunciation here, La Zona del Silencio, um, mm. or the Silent Zone, mm. uh, in a part of Mexico, um, with some very, very weird things going on, mm. including lots of extraterrestrial activity has drawn comparisons with the Bermuda Triangle, which we will be discussing in, in very soon, won't we? In a very, very episode. soon, yes. yes. Um, in the next episode, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, so that was a, a good one. And then episode 73, the UFO scene around the 2004 tsunamis. Mm. Um, of course, UFOs are quite often seen just before um, major earthquakes and tsunamis, well, volcanic eruptions, that sort I, of thing. I, I did read a scientific theory that, that quartz, if there is quartz buried deep in the in the ground, um, if it becomes suddenly compressed by by um, tectonic activity, it causes lights in the sky. Mm. It, some somehow I don't know quite how I don't understand the physics of it, but a physicist claimed that that's that's what does happen. So yes, quite often before an earthquake or a, you know, or a tsunami caused by an earthquake, yeah, you will have seen strange lights in the sky mm. as, the, as the quartz becomes compressed. Well, this I would argue is why we need more public scientific research into things like UFO phenomenons because, mm. you know, if there's a, a rational explanation, we need to know about it. But however, one physicist coming forward with a theory mm. does not, for me, present an explanation. Um, for me, it's an explanation. It's not um, not necessarily the definitive answer for every time lights in the sky have been seen, but um, it's an explanation. It obviously needs to be explored further to see how you know, how, how much this does actually happen. Mm. What 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 really does? You know, they they need to. I mean, I imagine it'd be a very difficult experiment to replicate, wouldn't it? You, you couldn't yes. artificially um, subject quartz buried deep in the ground to to massive pressure. Yes. Mm. As- and hard to prove testable theories. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, episode 74 uh, came to us as suggested by uh, one of our regular listeners and now indeed one of our Patreon patron, patrons, mm. uh, Israel, who yes. wanted us to talk about Admiral Bird and the Hollow Earth Theory. Um, mm. And indeed, we've touched on this subject a, a few times since. Yeah, um, I mean, he was quite an all-American hero. I mean, this is comic book stuff, isn't it? Yeah, oh, he's, he's a war hero who goes off in his balloon and uh, meets these strange aliens and, and, and the whole, <laughs> at the entrance to the center of the earth. Yeah, underground Nazis and mm. uh, yeah, strange alien creatures. Uh, very, very 
<laughs> weird goings on, but um, mm. seems to hold some water, at least for me, anyway. Uh, and then episode 75, going back again deep into the past uh, with uh, the Japanese Utsura Bune, mm. uh, the uh, pic- captured in pictures and told us stories. Of course, this uh, strange woman washes ashore uh, on the Hitachi province in the early 1800s. In a little pod. In a strange little pod. Um, yeah, definitely mm. interesting story there. Mm. And then episode 76, one of my favourites. Uh, I got to talk about all the crop circles that they'd been in 2021, or all the ones that yeah. we discovered at least. Um, that was a lot of fun. I like my crop circles. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Found that out the hard way, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> One time. And then in episode 77, and, and do you know what? There's probably going to be a yearly mm. crop circle update now. Mm. <laughs> I think yes. it's only right that they should be. Um, mm. But yeah, episode 77, the 2010, so we mentioned about the um, the UFOs around the tsunamis and and that um, yeah this was uh, the EGF Yala Yokel say that one again EGF Yala Yokel very um, well done I had a go at it at the time I'm not going to have a go at it again um, but yes the volcanic eruption from 2010 uh, mm. that was the one that grounded all the flights wasn't it yeah, it was strange. It was oddly Europe. quiet. It's strange to see no no jet trails in the sky. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Um. Uh, but yes, UFO seen around that. Oh, <laughs> episode seventy eight. Nick Pope, another favourite of yours. Oh yes, someone we've mentioned a few times. Um, mm. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, interestingly, on Twitter, uh, he's gone very quiet with his um, anti-mask and anti-vax um, theories. Is that is that mainly because people aren't talking about COVID so much anymore, or has he or has he been disgraced? I think it's just because he's had far more to talk about with it being the seventy-fifth anniversary of Roswell, mm. so he's had other things to get. Yeah, but um, I mean the whole the whole. Attention. I mean, there isn't there isn't actually a program to get people vaccinated anymore, is there? There isn't. People aren't wearing masks anymore because they've they've been told COVID is all over, <sighs> even though it quite plainly isn't. It really um, isn't. Um, but anyway, yes. Uh, but but yeah, for someone who who's made made a, a a point of being publicly anti-mask and anti-vax, well, most people seem to be agreeing with you right now. They seem to have given up on the idea of protecting themselves. Yeah, nearly 500 people a week dying in the UK of COVID Mm. and, of course, thousands still going into hospital, which, of course, the majority of them are going to have lifelong problems. You know, we don't, you know, you don't hear about that. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, Mm. Going off on a tangent. Um, Bringing us back on, though, very quickly. Uh, Episode 79, a uh, 1966 Oklahoma event, the William Laxon. Um, hmm. Event where he spotted a wingless UFO. This uh, a fish-shaped UFO. Yeah. That, uh, this guy was, was just sort of fixing at the roadside, wasn't he? Or actually on the road. 
And then when he saw he's when he saw William Laxon approach, he thought, "Oh shit, it's William Laxon," and jumped in and <laughs> fucked off as fast as he could. <laughs> I've been rumbled. Well, we don't know whether or not he <laughs> recognised him, but uh, <laughs> but yes, it certainly seemed to it seemed to have human writing on the side of this mm. UFO as well. Yeah, uh, which is a bit bizarre. Um, mm. And then episode eighty. Uh, that was a big one for us. It's when we launched our Patreon. Yay! Was and it that episode was, eighty? Uh, and uh, and a big thank you to everyone, all our patrons who uh, are helping us with that. Um, if you want to know more, go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. There's something for everyone there. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, no, that was a that was a big moment for us and and a big moment for the podcast. Uh, yeah, it was because it gave a real legitimacy almost to us. I suppose we already were. We just I don't know. Do you feel that there's been a, a switch in your head in terms of how you see the podcast as a result of that? Um, I think I did at the time, but now I've sort of gone back to normal. Okay. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I kind of got used to the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. But yes, um, no. Big, big thank you to everyone for supporting Mm. us. Um, Then in episode eighty-one, we did another TV series review. Mm. Um, This time, top secret UFO projects declassified. Yeah, I watched a few episodes of that. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining. I think. Yeah. It was quite. Um, it was. It was. It was very, very one of those very padded documentaries, wasn't it? it? Just kept going over the same stuff over and over again. They were kept going in, over in, the in same ca- stuff, did they? Yeah, they kept going over the same stuff. So what over you're saying again. is that they kept going over the same things and saying it maybe in different ways. Well, often saying it in the same ways. Mm. Last episode, we saw this, or we saw this happening, and next, now we're going to look at this. And then we looked at that, and then we, before that, we looked at this. And it, yeah, it's. Just, and um, that's the way you say of padding out an episode and drawing it out. Um, it's, the, it's the rule of three, isn't it? Tell, tell people what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. <laughs> that's good for training. That's yeah, for yeah that's what. Yeah. <laughs> and then remind them what you told them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in episode 82, we came a little bit uh, closer to today. Um, 2014, Malaysia mm. Airlines Flight 370 uh, disappeared. And there were uh, stories of potential extraterrestrial involvement, which we looked at. Mm. And possible, and the, what I thought, even more likely terrestrial involvement. Yes. Uh, episode 83, we did one of our focuses on a person, uh, this time Dr. David Clark. Mm. Um, and uh, I'll apologise to our listeners. I had a, a an issue with my sound recording for that particular episode. It was only on my mm. end. Um, mm. But yeah, I uh, don't know why. But uh, well, no, I do know why. But it's now resolved anyway. Mm. Um, so this is the guy who uses freedom of information requests to reveal to make yes. uh, MOD files public. Yes, he's you know he's absolutely meticulous in what he does, 
Um, and thanks to him, we've become aware of so very, very much. Mm. Uh, he, he really does put in a huge amount of effort. Uh, does Dr. David Clark. So uh, thank you to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 84, we looked at a an incident in New Mexico in um, mm. Socorro. Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Um, back in April 1964. The strange donut-shaped object or O-shaped object attended yeah. by two humanoid figures. Yeah. Um, Police Sergeant Zamora... Um, mm. who spotted a weird thing. Uh, episode 85. Now, this was uh, this was one suggested and prompted by yourself, if you recall, Neil. Yeah. Uh, you wanted us to talk about anal probing. Uh, I want to talk about what, why there's so much... Why, why it comes up so often. Why, why everyone... Why, <laughs> that's what's going to happen if you meet extraterrestrials. Is you're going gonna to end up with something up your ass. and indeed we did go into that Mm. excuse the phraseology um but uh, we did go into that we you know to be fair i mean it's it's a it's a a subject that needs to be taken seriously well i I, I suppose if if so i mean so many um abductees seem to be men and um, they all come back with stories about how they've been violated in some way. And the main way of violating a man is to shove something up his backside, isn't it? Well, you say that. Um, I don't know if have, that's have you... the case that the majority of abductees are men. And I don't know that it's the case that the majority of people who've had um, anal probing are men. Oh, Okay. Jack can't say that that's the case, but my uh, my, my assertion isn't supported by the facts by statistics. Um, I I don't know what the statistics are, but I don't remember that standing out. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, then we had a look at the skies above us, just going back a few years. Um, this time in episode eighty six, when we looked at something that Google Maps had caught and this mm. is the first it won't be the first time we would discuss uh Google Maps imagery uh when there was a pole to pole contrail mm. uh, this is the basically it's it's um condensation isn't it that's yeah. formed when an aircraft travels across the sky uh it, it dissipates at a, at a certain minutes al- i don't know what the range of altitudes is that where it causes that I think if you're Not below a certain certain altitude, percent sure. I, I mean, you don't see them in low flying aircraft, and you don't see them in very very well. It, I suppose yeah, if it's high enough, if, you're not going to see it, are you? It's usually we, associated with like seven four sevens and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, and and they usually break up. Um, I mean, I imagine a few miles, maybe five miles behind the craft, it's breaking up, or maybe ten miles or whatever. So. Well, that's the thing. Um, it's they, more, they don't it breaks up after a period of time, so it would depend on how fast the craft is going as to how long mm. the contrail will be. And, and that was the interesting thing. A pole-to-pole contrail means mm. that a craft was moving phenomenally quickly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we discussed that. I mean, I think that's evidence of a UFO. But but, but aren't contrails also caused by you know, it's our particular jet engine technology? I thought it was just condensation. Off the yeah, way. but but it's from the jets, isn't it? It's not from the aircraft itself, and it so 
I mean, if, if a craft was using an anti-gravity overdrive, it probably wouldn't be. No, I thought it was just off the a... wings. Metal object just flying through the air. I mm. mean, if, if, if you could generate you know, a pole-to-pole contract, you'd be flying at tremendous speeds and you, dra- generating would. tremendous heat as well. You would, you would. And we mm. go into that in detail in episode 86. Um mm. Then in episode 87, uh, we talked about the famous ufologist Richard Dolan. Mm. Um, I like Richard Dolan. He's a, he's a good chap. Mm. Well, I've never met him personally, but I... Yeah. He always presents well on the documentaries and uh, comes up with some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. Mainly speculating about... Um about after disclosure, how, how the UFO secrecy might end. Yes, yes, famously uh, wrote the book after disclosure, yes, mm, hypothesizing they, yeah. what would, what, how humanity would react. Mm. Episode 88 saw us talking about uh, a UFO encounter in Papua, Papua New Guinea in uh, mm. June 1959, uh, with an Anglican priest and uh, and his flock, yeah, uh, or oh, twenty people. So this was uh, uh, over a period of days. This uh, as the repair or seemed to be doing repairs on it, waving at each other, and mm. that was a walking walking around on top of a strange craft in the sky. Fascinating. Obviously, subject. they have lower standards of health and safety in the. Parallel dimension. I imagine they had railings. Yeah. Or maybe they had all maybe they had PPE. Hmm. Alien advanced PPE. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh then episode eighty nine we talked about a subject mm. that comes up quite frequently in abduction cases, the lost time phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um I think you were asserting that maybe it was just a psychological reaction at the time. Um, yeah, but also if you've travelled at light speeds or in another dimension, yeah, you will lose a lot of time, won't you? I mean, if you circled the, the planet at light speed, for instance, you'd come back a couple of years in the future. You would. So you would. Now that yeah. that wasn't no no, I was going to say it was an out to limit story. It was a Twilight Zone story. Was it? Yes. Because yeah, well, you would. Uh, there's a famous book written in the '60s called The Forever War about these, these guys who get recruited to go and fight these aliens. I mean, the war was all a misunderstanding. But, of course, they have to travel through wormholes to get across the galaxy and whatever because they're travelling at light speeds. And, you know, the first time he goes home on leave, his parents are sort of elderly pensioners, and, you know, he, mm-hmm. and he, he's still about 20. And then you know, the next time he comes back, they're, they're long dead and buried. And only for him, only a, a year has passed. Mm. And, of course, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah, I saw something about Planet of the Apes. That, yeah, how come that yeah, Charles Nesty he lands on this planet where they have um, horses and breathable air and apes that speak English, but he only realised he was back on Earth when he saw the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I mean, didn't he notice <laughs> the moon? Yeah, he was an astronaut, for God's sake. And, and, and yeah, and, and also that, that film, I remember when it was in the cinema, because I'm a lot older than you, mm-hmm. and um, the poster actually had yeah we had this sort of picture of all the different bits of it, the apes and the Charlton Heston running but it also right 
at the centre had this destroyed Statue of Liberty <laughs> sticking out the centre. Yeah, biggest ever spoiler. <laughs> oh dear. Now, moving on, uh, episode 90, uh, we yeah. revisited Google Earth imagery um, mm-hmm. to look at the cloaked B-1 bomber at Dias yeah. Air Force Base. I'm gathering, by the way, you say that you're still un- unconvinced by that one. Yeah, um, I don't believe that um, the military would waste time designing a bomber that wasn't visible to the, the naked eye because... They're not visible to the naked eye anyway because they dropped their bombs from miles away. Um, well, I countered that argument in the uh, in the episode, so mm, yeah, have a listen yeah. to that, listeners, and see what you think. Um, then we revisit, sort of revisited Project Blue Book uh, in mm. episode ninety-one, talking about Edward J. Rupelt, the yeah. uh, former head of Project Blue Book. Yeah, who changed from being open-minded about UFOs to suddenly regarding them as a, a sort of space-age fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting how he, uh, yes, did mm. his U-turn on that. Yeah, um, I mean, do do you think you know, like UFOs? Yeah, because we've we've developed the capacity to to travel to high altitudes and even into space away from the orbit of our planet that it's kind of the same effect that happened when people first learned to travel, to go to sea, to go beyond sight of the shore and travel, travel huge distances across oceans. And that's, of course, they started all these myths about mermaids and sea monsters and giant squid. It's that kind of thing that we've, 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 we've discovered a new world and we've populated, populated it with, with our own monsters I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Flat out, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's an interesting Mm. theory, but um, I I think our understanding of the universe has increased so much since those days. Uh, Our our scientific understanding has, but, you know, our our folklore, we're, we're going back to medieval times at the moment in some respects. Uh, that's very true. That's very true. Mm. Uh, and speaking of medieval things, uh, episode mm. ninety-two, uh, we paid a visit to the. I mean, we didn't actually pay a visit to the Vatican, but but mm. uh, a, a a speculative visit uh, mm. where we talked about ancient devices and possibly UFO relics mm. that might have been left in. Uh, in or not left, um, stored in the Vatican's mm. uh, hidden archives, uh, along with the perfectly preserved body of Jesus Christ and Satan, apparently in in his cage. Apparently, there's been a lot of lot of claims, um, mm. but uh, but yes, uh, there are some interesting things I've no doubt in mm. their secret vaults, uh, and then episode ninety three. We had another guest on. Um, we did. Brittany. Uh, that was a fun episode. Talking that was a fun episode, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was, I was on, I was on board with her in, in, with a lot of her ideas. Yes, uh, talking about the um, the connections between UFOs and the world of magic, and uh, yeah, mm. Brittany's uh, Brittany's podcast, Be Magical, of course, on Spotify. Uh, well worth a good listen to. Mm-hmm. 
Episode 94, uh, we visited South Georgia. I'm saying, I keep saying visited. We haven't actually been doing this from our studies. No. Um, I, I can imagine that I will never go to South Georgia. Maybe South Georgia, USA. Maybe South Georgia in Central Asia, but not South Georgia in the South Atlantic. Uh, well, I kept confusing South Georgia, didn't I, which South Georgia it was. Well, and not only did we get mixed up with South Georgia's, but also once we once we worked out the right South Georgia, which crashed because apparently there were there were two. There were two crashes, and uh, mm. we were looking at the one um, the cylindrical object. Yeah. Um, in 2018, again, Google Earth throwing this up where it. Uh, it looked, for all intents and purposes, like a cylindrical object had crashed into the side of the mountain and come skidding to a halt some long distance away. Or possibly just a landslide. Or possibly a landslide. Uh, hmm. Who knows? Somebody out there knows, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, just like in episode 95, when there was a wave of UFOs over Belgium, hmm. uh, in 1989 and 1990, yeah, uh, these black triangular UFOs seen above Belgium. Uh, even, yeah, even, um, even scrambling fighter jets to investigate what they'd seen on the radar, but not finding anything. No. Uh, but someone who does find a lot of things is George Adamski, and we discussed him in episode 96. Mm. Um, he's found all sorts of things which may or may not be true. Hmm. <laughs> uh, certainly he's, uh, he's the one who put forward the famous chicken brooder photographs. Uh, called hmm. that because the UFO looks like the top of a chicken incubator. Oh, right, yeah. Um, thing. But yes. Um, he's also claimed to have met Nordic-type aliens and um, travelled to the other side of the moon in a Venusian craft. Claimed a lot of interesting things. Yes, interesting. A lot of interesting things. Interesting, uh, that's the word for it. Uh, then in episode 97, we discussed uh, Terry Lovelace and his UFO mm. encounter of 1977 mm. uh, when he was out camping. Yeah. With his mate Toby, who uh, it's confirmed we asked the question at the time. Um, it's probably not the Toby that's. Um, our friend and patron, uh, uh, patron. Uh, uh, Toby. It's if not. it is, if it is, no. uh, speak up. He, and, he's and confirmed if, it's not. <laughs> and if, in a, if you took advantage of a camping trip with your friend Terry to insert something into his, to implant something into his anus, yep. um, um, well, you very don't have fixated to, on that. <laughs> very fixated on that. I've got to say. Well, um, you know, it involved in abduction and an implant, so you know. Yeah, but. That's implants. That's different yeah. thing. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, Terry Lovelace. Mm. That's uh, an, uh, certainly a fascinating one to study. Uh, speaking of fascinating, the Antarctic cosmic radiation that's uh, coming out of the ground. Well, uh, yes, this was they set shouldn't. up an antenna to, to measure cosmic rays coming from space and found that actually they were coming from Earth and Indeed. going to space and In didn't know why. Uh, episode 98, we discussed all that. Mm. And then in episode 99, we talked about Ben Rich, the second director of Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. Yes. <coughs> and his famous quote, 
We now have the technology to take E.T. home, and God knows what he meant by that. I don't think he, <laughs> did we come to a conclusion about that? Was he talking about the movie? Was he talking about a real E.T. they've got hidden away somewhere? We, we, he seems to, to be talking generically, but uh, not about the mm. movie, I don't think. Um, mm. But no, I don't think, like most of our episodes, I don't think we came to an actual proper, proper conclusion. Um, and then episode one hundred, uh, we'd mentioned him many, many times on the on the show, but uh, we actually talked in full about the life and works of Doctor Stephen M. Greer. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, his, the uh, author of the Disclosure Project and CE five, yeah, and CE five Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. That's him, and uh, and then of course last week. Uh, we talked about, we disagreed <laughs> vehemently on mm, the violently. majestic documents. The majestic documents, yes. yes. <laughs> Which we know are real. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we know the documents are possibly real. But, That's it. Yeah. Uh, so there we go, and that brings us through to, uh, to this week's episode. So it's been uh, quite a year. What would you say your favourite moment from the last year has been? I really enjoyed talking to B. Uh, I do like having a guest on the show. That's a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Um, I I agree. I'd, either B or Marcus. Um, mm, Marcus was nice too. Marcus was lovely. They were both uh, both excellent. B, B was more recent. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought of at first. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So uh, yeah, but uh, we'd love to hear what uh, what our listeners, what your favourite episodes have been from the last year, uh, and indeed what you'd love to hear in the year to come. Uh, we've had a couple of suggestions already. Uh, one in particular springs to mind. Uh, we've been asked uh, by our listener Michelle. Um, are mm. UFOs potentially time travellers? That is an mm. episode we're going to be looking at later this year. So keep your eyes mm. peeled for that. Um, but, yeah, we, we'd love to hear yeah, what episodes you really, really enjoyed. Is there anything in particular you'd like us to revisit and go into more detail on? And uh, is there anything we've not mentioned that you would love to hear about? You can contact us via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. Or, of course, our Patreons, our Patreon patrons, get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can uh, you can chat about any of our episodes in as much detail as you like with like-minded people, some of whom might disagree with you, but it's always a pleasant chat that takes place, always friendly, Hmm. and that's always nice to see. Um, Now, of course, next week we'll be back with uh, a bit more of a a usual episode. We're going to be discussing the Bermuda Triangle. Hmm. Makes people disappear, according to the song. Um, <laughs> will be uh, according um, to Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow, <laughs> love it. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll undoubtedly be coming up with a conclusive answer about that. Um, mm. but well, well meantime, I will anyway. 
uh, on the 31st, uh, yeah, I'm going to be running this uh, live stream Ask Me Anything, an AMA session over mm. on Twitch. That's going to be at twitch.tv forward slash hailing underscore frequencies. Links in the description below. And uh, did you say you're going to be posing me a couple of questions as well, Neil? Oh, I'll come up with something. Yeah. What That'll the hell be, do you yeah. think you're playing at? That sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you honestly expect us to believe that? <laughs> That's definitely one to look forward to. And I hope, listeners, you'll be able to join us. Um, but, but it's just be me, because like, say you're going to be away on your holidays, aren't you, mm. Neil? I will. Um, so, yeah, so I hope, uh, hope hopefully we'll have listeners aplenty joining us and uh, posing questions uh, to me at least about Aliens Explored uh, so that's something to look forward to yeah. in the meantime keep watching and listening to all sorts of podcasts about aliens and UFOs and of course keep watching this guys. looking forward to the next year yay <laughs> me too Take care for now, though. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com.